welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again so much to everyone who's been listening. I'm really, really appreciating, appreciating the support. So I'm probably going to be releasing now about every two weeks and I may even take a bit of a break in May um, just to make some space for college um, work and then I'll be back to it then in the summer. But thanks again so much to everyone who's been tuning in so far and liking and sharing my, my, my episodes and it's much appreciated. So this week I'm very excited to have on Carrie Mullane from Waterford. I actually know her because I met her in Cork School of Music at her one of her end of year performances. She was a, a vocal student there. Um, she's just graduated from the popular music degree and is currently studying the masters in music. Um, so I couldn't wait to find out what her plans are for the future because she is going places. You should hear this girl sing. If you haven't listened to her or know who she is, you've got to check her out. Um, look at her YouTube page or check her out on YouTube on the BAPM YouTube page or her Instagram page as well. I'll put all the links in the bio. We started the chat um, talking about salt lamps and the Caddy Davy Animal Rescue Farm. She's really cool, actually. Like, I don't, I don't know if she's really gigging or anything anymore. Like, she, she was a few years ago. I, but she's kind of really into the like animal rescuing thing. Like, she, she, she's always that like electric picnic and all. She's the one who has like the little farm area. Oh my god! I Have spent the entire of Sunday of electric picnic in that That's little her. farm yeah. area, like rolling in hay. <laughs> yeah. That's her area, like, and all, they're all her animals. Like, so she, I don't know. Oh. If she's, got really into it I guess and oh that's so cute I think it's so nice isn't it oh I just remember I literally was there and it was the quietest like nicest part to be at on the Sunday of EP I had never been to a festival before and I went the summer just before lockdown and I remember the last day I was with my friend Katie and we literally were just in there playing with puppies playing with little lambs Mm -hmm. the drinks were really cheap we were able to get like five euro little drinks and like little plastic cups oh it was so fun yeah I love that's mad a small world I know isn't it it's ghastly because I like I didn't even recognize her like it was only for my partner was like that's Katy Davy I was like I don't know like I wasn't like you know hugely into her you know when she was gigging like she's she yeah. was really good like it just wasn't really my thing have you ever played a festival yet no never no, not yet no hopefully I think when I started college I think all of us when you go into first year of music college you're just like I'm gonna be a superstar in the next six months yeah. I'm going to be, everyone's going to know my name. I'm going to be playing EP. I'm going to be playing all this. It's like, no, it's not how it works at all. I'm like five years later, I'm like, yeah, maybe next year I'll start like going towards that kind of stuff. I know. It's so, it, like, there's so much competition now as well. And like, yeah, I think like social media has been an amazing thing, but it also kind of makes it harder as well because you can see what everyone's doing all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know you can see that the crowd is bigger and that makes it much harder to stand out I think yeah I actually for um one of my modules for my master's at the moment it's um professional studies and we have to do a presentation on different um issues within the music industry and so I actually picked TikTok um because I feel like I was going to be able to give a good kind of unbiased I suppose um view of it and looked into all the research with the statistics and everything for it because it really did just blow up over lockdown and it's absolutely crazy but people who wouldn't necessarily have many followers on Instagram which is kind of 
the biggest I think platform that if you have like a load of followers people go oh okay they must be good but with TikTok you could have 200 followers on Instagram and you could end up with like 10k on TikTok like it's just crazy and you can reach across the whole globe like there's no kind of cap where you can go reach so I just think it's crazy um one of those things that when I did the presentation there's uh, different people had different opinions and some people were like no it's just not something they'd be interested in they'd prefer to kind of naturally get their own fan base and one of the other things that came up I suppose was the um the lasting impact of the app and whether your followers will stick around because you're scrolling through it and you might like a video you might follow someone you'll never see them again so it's kind of it's just crazy I think social media has just changed the entire face of what music industry was 10 years ago even five years ago yeah completely I actually um I don't know if it was at like a talk or if I read it online or saw it online, but they were talking about TikTok. Um, it could have been in like CD Baby podcast or something. Who yeah. knows? Um, but they were talking about TikTok and like how how like easily you can just become huge with a with a video going viral. And they were kind of talking about like the the algorithms and like at the minute they don't have like the algorithm is really like friend user friendly. But like the likes of pretty much all the other apps kind of they change their algorithms so admit they make it really difficult for people to actually um get their posts and their content seen. Yeah. 100%. I don't know if you've noticed but I've noticed like like on I mainly use um Instagram but I have it connected to Facebook and like whatever I post on Instagram goes on to Facebook as well, just for handiness sake. Yeah. But like I've noticed like, especially on, um, on Facebook more so, but there's definitely been a huge drop in the amount of people who like see my posts, mm-hmm. which is mad. Yeah. There's I like, why, a, like, I think there's a post that was going around. I, I saw a good few people share it. Um, but Instagram's new algorithm, the way they do it is if, people save your picture is actually like the top thing yeah. that you need people to do which is like I never save pictures on Instagram it's not something I would ever do I like pictures I or posts I might put them up on my story or send it to someone but I would never save it and that's that's how you get it seen by more people the more saves you get which is crazy you'll probably find though that like somebody from the company put that post out to get people to use that feature do you yeah. know what I mean? Do you so know, like, it literally, probably... you just you just never know. Like, it's so easy to just believe everything you see and and go with it, thinking this could help. But yeah, well, it's just mad. at the end of the day, like for me, it's about like like the interaction or like that mm-hmm. you get from your followers. Like, like how many? Like sometimes you'll see people with like ten thousand followers, and you look at their posts, and like about you look at like how many how many people are commenting and how many people are liking their posts and it doesn't always quite match up and you yeah. kind of wonder what that's about like but it's not about how many followers you have it's yeah for me it's more about it's quality quality over quantity really it's like the quality of the relationship you have with your followers as opposed yeah. to how many followers you have I think that's something that I was so I'm from Waterford and I suppose when I was a teenager Instagram kind of just came around so everyone was on it we all posted on a Sunday and you know I'll get your 200 300 likes on a picture because you'd all post within the same 10 minutes Mm. and like I moved out of Waterford in 2016 to Cork and I hadn't been back I didn't really speak to many people that I would have been friends with when I was younger or went around with when I was a teenager and 
I still followed them. And then it got to a point where I was like, I don't want to see, like, I don't, I don't care about seeing all these people going out or things they're doing because I haven't spoke to them in 10 years. And I started unfollowing people. And then I noticed even more people were unfollowing me the more I posted about music. And it was like, now, because there was points where I was like, well, I just delete my Instagram. I just make a new one because I just needed like fresh start. I had like 2,500 followers. And most of them, like I was still only getting like 150 likes on on pictures and posts. So it wasn't, the people who were following me didn't care about what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I just, I unfollowed a lot of people. I, do you know the way they brought a new feature where you can make people unfollow you? Wait, what is that? You can actually get people. So if someone, like if a bot is following you, you can actually make them unfollow you. So no. I started going through my Instagram I never heard and like that. making these accounts that I didn't want following me, unfollow me. Yeah. Wait, okay, explain that because I'm a bit confused. So you so have to... if you go on to like their page yeah. and it'll say like following or whatever, you can click to make them unfollow you so they won't follow you anymore. Oh, is that like blocking them? No, they won't be blocked at all. They'll just, they won't follow you. So... You can literally be like, oh, you don't follow me. Oh, you must have unfollowed me at some point, maybe. I didn't see that feature, but a feature I have started using recently is the mute feature. Uh, I use it all the time. Yeah, I only discovered all it the time. weeks ago. And um, I basically like, I just, for, for the reason why I started using it was mainly because like with the route I've taken the last few years with like going into all the you know vocal pedagogy stuff and the voice line stuff and like I'm meeting so many other people who are doing the same things I'm doing like we're all doing the same thing yeah and I just found that like seeing them like so much content from so many like people who are doing similar things was a bit overwhelming and a bit like discouraging so I'm like oh if they posted that now I can't post it and I kind of was like doubting myself all the time so like I just discovered the mute mute feature and I was like this is brilliant because I can still follow them and give them my support in some way and I can go on their page and like a picture if I want to yeah but at least I'm not bombarded with content I was on Twitter for like the last like 10 years it was like one of the first social media apps I got oh really and yeah my sister made me an account when I was literally like 11 or 12 um I got Twitter when it just first came out and um I was following so many people and when you're following over 2000 people on a on a social media and then with Twitter it shows so many different tweets from all different like places and if someone you know has liked it it'll pop up and it just got to a point where I actually just kept deleting the app because I was like I can't mentally emotionally handle everything that was being put up on it and I kept leaving the app and I just was like got to a point there I think it's about a month ago where I was like I'm just gonna delete the Instagram I mean the Twitter account I'm just gonna make a new one and I did and now I follow like 200 people and they're all like musicians it's all stuff that like I actually can engage with and I can enjoy and definitely a much better now when I open the app I'm not dreading what I'm gonna read it's a much more enjoyable experience I think that's kind of in this new society where we're all literally everything is at our fingertips um I think it's really important to be able to scroll through these things and switch off almost I read online in my research that you actually <laughs> grew up in a very musical family and I'm wondering what was that like for you and what kind of music were your family into 
So um, I suppose my dad, um, Tom Alan, um, he's Waterford, born and bred, and he would have started playing guitar when he was, I don't know, he says it was about 40 or 40 or 45 years ago. Um, I said that so I was like 40, 40, 40. Um, but he would have started playing guitar about 40 years ago. And when I was... I think I was about 10. Um, he was teaching guitar. He just taught a couple of lessons from home. And uh, there was three boys in the class and they just kept being really bold. So he said, you come in to the guitar class and you can just sit there and hold the guitar. You don't even have to play. Just if you're there, they might behave a bit more. And they did, obviously, because 10 year old boys, when a girl is put in the room, of course, yeah. they're either they're either going to try show off or they're going to be good. And um from there so I started learning the guitar with him and when I got to about 15 we started teaching together so I was actually because he didn't know all like my dad is 69 now so he didn't know all the new pop songs that were coming out that everybody wanted to do so 15 year old me there with my guitar and my couple of chords was like okay yeah let's play this Justin Bieber one or Selena Gomez oh Selena uh but uh so started teaching with my dad um and I suppose his main influences like he was very folk um so that's kind of his he still plays he does a, a session they've been doing it online since the lockdown every Tuesday they have a Facebook group um Jordan's Bar in Waterford and he puts up a little oh, I cover think every... come across that yeah um and so they just do like people just upload singing videos or guitar or whatever so he um every Tuesday I have to give him a hand recording it and uploading it but mostly folk from him my mom doesn't sing doesn't play any instruments but she loves musical theater so that's mm. kind of where I got that from so I got kind of folk and I suppose towards pop from my dad and then musical theater from my mom um she would have done shows when she was younger and um, but my earliest memories would have been driving up to Tipperary um to see my auntie listening to the Lamez 10th anniversary in the car and I knew every single word and I just I was like eight years old and I was like I want to be Eponine I want to be in Lamez I was like I'll be Gavroche if I have to I'll take any of them um but I suppose that's kind of where we were always just surrounded by music at home. We were told we could do piano lessons. There was violins. We never got lessons, but we tried to play them. Uh, <laughs> uh, my sister like picked up the cello and the flute and I kind of went towards guitar, piano, ukulele. Um, so, wow. and yeah. And then my sister went on to study classical music in college. Where did um, she, she go? Uh, WIT which is Waterford yeah mm -hmm. yeah so she did um classical singing in um Waterford and then I went on to pop so we're very very different styles we kind of went the complete opposite ways yeah. I suppose with this so, wow yeah. and where did she get her classical influence from do you think she always loved choirs so Rebecca was always going into the choirs I was too I think I was just too nervous to be around so many people Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in school, I just remember this so well. I was in third class and we auditioned for the nativity play or whatever it was. And we all had to sing two lines of the song to get the parts. And it was just the audition process. And I was so nervous. My voice croaked on the high note. 
and I genuinely did not sing for two years I didn't sing at all I was so embarrassed and when we did school choir and everything they were like okay just like sing quietly everybody and so I just kind of didn't sing for years and it wasn't really until about sixth class maybe and we did auditions again for Cinderella and got up and sang and I got Cinderella and that kind of was the turning point of wow oh okay maybe I should go into singing maybe this wasn't something I should have been not doing all this time um and then yeah I suppose I'm just going on now about how I got into everything I suppose it's great to hear I was just going to ask um a couple of things and one I I saw you posting or I was on your page I don't know if you posted it recently or when it was it was one of your more recent posts I think it was it looked like you were playing Eponine in the picture yes post that recently yes the reason why I spotted it was because I actually played Eponine as well. No way! Yeah, oh. I was in like fifth or sixth year in school. Same, yeah, I was I was in, um, I think I was in sixth. That's gas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's just Someone mad. else as well that I seen and I was like, oh, I did that too. And I was like, it's really funny because when you meet other, other singers and talk to other singers, like you end up having almost like parallel lives. In a I way. know, it's, it's really yeah. Weird. Like in a plane, like similar roles and stuff. Yeah, um, I was in. So when I went into first year of school, I joined the David Hennessy Junior Stage School, and from there, I did. We did two shows a year, so every year, so two full ones. I did Honk the first year, which is about the Ugly Duckling. Okay. And my first, my first part was Penny the Swan, and I was just this little tiny swan. I was. 13 I think I still had like my little I remember the audition I had this big Minnie Mouse jumper that I got in Disneyland the year before and I was wearing my little three-quarter length jeans and I had my hair slicked back in a greasy ponytail it was so bad and uh, got the part I didn't think I would and went on to play different roles like Ariel the Little Mermaid and um, I played the narrator in Joseph and the Maze Technicolor Dreamcoat. And from there, I joined the Southeastern Theatre Group, which is also run by David Hennessy. Okay. And that's where I got to play Eponine in Les Mis. I think it it's was 2015. Oh, Les Mis. Just, it has, it's just like, do you know, when you're growing up and you think, oh, musical theatre, and you're kind of introduced to the, like phantom Les Mis stuff. So you think, oh, that's fab. As you get older, and you're surrounded by more people who love musical theatre. Everyone thinks it's lame to like something like Lame Is. They all just think, why would you like that when you could go like Kinky Boots or everybody's talking about Jamie or something? Kind of... Yeah, Heather's waitress. Um, but I'd say Lame Is is just one that I'll just always have my heart. I always go back to it. It's just one of my favourite musicals of all time. It, it's amazing. It, it was really, really amazing. Like we, when we did it, um, it was what we used to like. Um, we used to team up with the boys' school across the road and yeah. do musicals. We used to like go, like one year the girls' school would would host it, and the next year the boys' school would host it. So the boys' school was was hosting it this year, and I just remember it, it was just one of the most amazing, heartfelt, just top quality show I've ever partaken in 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 a musical theatre. Yeah, um, sense like it was just I'll never forget it. Yeah, I. I just think it's fab. I got to do it in 2011 and we actually did it three times. So we did it twice full, like full runs of the show. Um, And I was on Looker number three. I got to sing 
two lines and I was delighted with myself to be in the ensemble I was like 13 or 12 and uh, I just loved it and then we went and we entered the Waterford International Festival of Light Opera very long name and uh, that was in 2012 I think and we put Les Mis in it so we got to do just kind of a couple of bits from the show and we won that year and that was kind of incredible. When I kind of first came across you it was actually through your end of semester gig in for- fourth year in yes. C- uh, Cork School of Music and I like I just was blown away like I'm <laughs> Thank I just you. like you were all amazing but yourself and um Oh, what's the other girl's name? The girl singing with me. I think she was singing with you and she did rapping and stuff as well. Keelan. Keelan. Oh, no, Keelan wasn't in my band, but she Keelan as well. I can't yeah. remember, yeah. But the two the two E in particular, like I just I I just thought you were amazing. You were so, so good. And I was like, this is it. This is what it's like. <laughs> fourth year. It's amazing. Uh, I just... but you but then I think I you did your was it um a specialized performance yeah. or something that you did and you did some musical theatre songs as well, right? So you did yeah. like pop on musical theatre, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm just wondering, kind of, to, if you could tell us a little bit about the specialised pop um, module and like, yes. how does that differ to, to the other ones? So with um, the specialised, so in CSM, we get the option to do specialised. You have to apply for it and put in a proposal. And it's basically putting on a 40 minute to 50 minute concert and it has to kind of have follow a theme or something like that so I've done I would have done four of them but I only got to do three just because of the pandemic and um, so my first two I did kind of female artists that I really enjoyed so I had like Ariana Grande, Lana Del Rey um, I had a bit of Georgia Smith in there things like that so those two were great and all but I felt like I wanted more from it I just kind of especially my second one I just felt it was so not me I'd pick these songs I'd picked everything picked the band but I was still like this isn't me this is, doesn't feel right mm. and the next year I went on and I got David Hayes as my teacher they made a mistake because I'd applied for performance development uh, to do musical theater and they okay. just they just made a mistake and they gave me Dave for my singing teacher uh, and okay. Dave obviously is a very, very well-established musical director. So of course to him, like that wasn't going to be a big issue. It's just that he was in the college as a piano teacher, mm-hmm. um, but had the best year with Dave. We went on and did a musical theater performance for my third specialized. And I kind of tried to make it still a little bit poppy. So I kind of had a couple of different things in it. I went with the main theme was parts that I'll never play or yeah, I, I never that. got. It was kind of um, sad actually. I know, <laughs> but it was kind of, I felt like it was like closing a chapter on like all the, you know, when you audition for a show and you don't get the part you want, you're angry and you're upset and you feel hurt and you feel like, what did I do wrong? And you get really like into this like self-deprecating feeling of I must be this big issue. But as you I think when you get older you realize you just weren't right on the day or maybe that other person just was better and that's okay it's all right to for someone else to be better than you you're you kind of sometimes you give yourself a reality check and remember 
just because you think you're great all the time doesn't mean that you're perfect for the role that you want. Yeah. Um, and you could still be a super talented person, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that like if I went up for a part, it doesn't mean that I fit that role or that they would I would work in that character. And for some of them, like I did Greece twice. I I auditioned for Rizzo both times. And I got Sandy both times and that's (laughs) not something to be like upset about because I got Sandy and that's like incredible but it's just the fact I just still think it's so funny I went for Rizzo both times and got Sandy Um, and you like the character better I just loved there were things I could do I just Mm -hmm. wanted to sing it um but I did love playing Sandy and it definitely was a much better fit and when you go on to actually do the show something clicks in your head and you go I can't imagine me doing this part this person's perfect for it and yeah. it like you know you that kind of way what the vision yeah was. exactly and so I think that performance for me it was just showing I suppose to myself I didn't I didn't need to prove it to anyone but just to myself that no I still can sing these songs I can give them the emotion they need and the conviction they need but at the time I just wasn't suited or maybe I never will be for certain songs um and so like some of them I put in and I was kind of like I was really really dragging it out like I was like oh uh, this show will probably never come to Ireland so that's probably why I'll never get to play the part so I'm just gonna sing this song I really like do you know that kind of way like only some of them were really ones I'd never play I guess but um yeah so I really enjoyed that performance so I loved how everything worked out and I'd really challenged myself I did all the arrangements and the charts and stuff and my band were fantastic it was my first time um getting to work with Daniel Murphy really closely and he's just an incredible um piano player composer and just arranger like he was literally a student or a lecturer I actually don't know he was a student um he's graduated he was the year above me um, he just recently won uh, a big competition, a composition competition in CSM okay. and got to record his original work with the RT Concert Orchestra. Wow. Right, um, so he's just absolutely incredible. So that was probably the highlight of doing it, to be honest, well, was getting to work with him. You, you did you get to pick your own band? And yeah. Did you? OK, so you got to pick your own band. And c- can they be from any year or can they be from outside they the can college be even? Anyone you want. So. Like I kind of went the first two years I did it, I picked friends. I picked people who I I was with, I knew I was comfortable with because I felt it would make being on stage less stressful, less daunting. If I knew if I turned to someone and I knew they were my friend, they'd give me a supportive look. But as time went on, I realized I can't just be looking at friends. You kind of do need to branch out a little bit and try and make new connections and stuff like that. So I got to pick my whole band but I took it took a lot of like thinking of who I could get and pros and cons of different people and we're surrounded by such a talented amount of bass players drummers guitar players it was so difficult to pick um and especially because I was doing musical theater it's something that there's no point in me getting a funk drummer if I'm gonna have them playing something completely different to what they're usually doing um but got to pick my whole band and then did the performance in the recording studio in CSM. And you were there, weren't you? You, yeah. you came. Yeah, yeah, I remember because I, I remember so well the day you texted me to, to say like, well oh, done yeah. after the gig. Yeah. Um, and I, 
I think I texted you back saying like your face I looked at you at one point and you were literally cheering me on so much <laughs> that it was so lovely because I didn't know who you were I had I a clue know. and so seeing someone actually really like vibing with you and enjoying it and that set when I did that ensemble gig we I think I picked most of the songs, me and Maeve, the other girl singing, we picked all of the songs and we just wanted it to be like pop bangers one after the other. And like we got to do Billie Eilish and medley it in with a song from Victorious, which we would have like watched growing up. Um, and so just getting that feedback was like so nice. Just kind of yeah especially when you're on stage but I remember when you text me after and you sent me the video of me singing uh yeah, gave it away that. Jason's song Ariana Grande and that song is the one that was most stressful because she hits so many high notes and they're just <sighs> one after the other um and so just even seeing back that video I was like oh okay that actually went really well that was actually good um so that was my first I think I messaged you then to be like oh I have this concert on if you want to come see it I can't I honestly can't remember but I do remember that exchange where I, I know I think I saw you it was in two gigs I was at was it two remember. or just the one I can't I, remember I've no idea my memory is so bad especially anything that happened just before this pandemic I'm like I know I'm I, I do you know what I'm so glad I went to see those gigs um mm -hmm. because it just it kind of just got me really excited about the yeah. course and you know that was I was in in first year of the course I think when I went to that so you know I just was like this is this is it like this is amazing like yeah. getting to work with you know amazing musicians you know everyone's so passionate and getting to like kind of I, I suppose tailor the gig to yourself as well for yeah. the specialized ones which I think is really really nice mm -hmm. um did you find it like difficult to get people to to be on board with what you wanted to do or did, did do people kind of have an open mindset about playing different musical genres I think like throughout the whole degree there's definitely been times where heads have clashed and people have fallen out over song choices or just even rehearsals and things that are going on I think being in a college environment where some people are fresh out of leaving cert and go drinking and partying and then they come in hung over the next day and we rehearsal at 9am or something and then there's someone who's in their 40s and they're coming back and it's an absolutely incredible thing I think any master student uh, mature student that comes back in it's absolutely incredible to do mm -hmm. I became really really good friends with one of the mature students in my year Marion and she's yeah. literally my best friend now she's amazing she's oh so, yeah Marion like that was like I, yeah she rapped as well actually <laughs> yeah I was just blown away she was amazing yeah yeah and so just I think in a lot of ways and it wasn't Marion uh but in a lot of ways oh. I think at different points like your heads just can clash over things because everyone's living different lives and you're trying to some people some bands would want four rehearsals a week and some would be like oh we'll just practice the hour before the class and that works for some people it doesn't for others and I think that causes a lot of trouble sometimes but I think by the time we got to fourth year everyone knew each other at this point everyone kind of knew don't push this person's person's buttons or kind of leave that go with them because they have this going on and it kind of just made the environment a lot nicer so when yeah. when you were giving songs and you're suggesting things, everyone was a lot more open to trying it or open to being like, look, it's a great idea. But maybe if we go more this way, whereas before 
in like first year people are like I want to do this song and I don't care what you say about it or no way we're not doing that song I was always afraid to suggest anything because I loved musical theater I loved Demi Lovato I loved all like that kind of stuff yeah. and then I was like putting bands and people were like no not not a chance what, were, uh, I what think, were your what were those other people kind of into what music were they into um I just remember in second year and uh we were doing a gig and it was rock semester so we'd do My some face. stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and um I suppose the rock stuff I was going for and it's probably because in my vocal lessons we were going more towards kind of like um you and I Lady Gaga Bill Kelly Clarkson in there and things like that so it wasn't necessarily rock rock mm-hmm. it was pop rock and I, I I do enjoy pop rock but <laughs> the band I was in we kind of all said that we ended up doing dad rock so what, it's like what would dad rock be <laughs> uh, it was just like you know like a dad would be rocking to it and then <laughs> I don't even I can't even I swear I've blocked so much from my memory at this point because there's just yeah. not even that I've blocked it it's just so easy to forget everything when you're doing new songs every single week mm. for ensemble for vocal sectionals for your singing lesson you're learning like four or five songs a week mm. for four years um so it's really hard to remember everything um but I ended up I remember that concert I did a piece of piece of my heart and uh, yeah I loved it too and that was kind of my only like big big moment in the set I think it was when you could only do like three or four songs and um so I think that was the only year that I like didn't make any suggestions at all like I just was like I'm just gonna go with whatever you do Did someone suggest that gonna... for you yeah someone else said it I think Very it was the drummer good. I think the drummer said it they were like oh she'll sound great doing it so I was like okay cool I'm happy with whatever I'm actually thinking of doing like um if I do if I end up doing the specialized I'm thinking of doing like women of rock or something yes. like you know like um uh, do you mind going blank now like um Beth Hart and um, yes, yes. all those amazing like, yeah um yeah I did we did um music of the 80s it's like a history of music of the 80s for uh, a module in fourth year with Trish Rooney mm-hmm. and I looked into a lot of the female artists that would have been around in the 80s and like Hart and even um what's her name well I'm going blank now too and um yeah I'm literally going blank on everyone but I just find <laughs> like it so that, I always forget names of yeah. people and songs and I was, oh yeah. I'm literally the worst for names but I think with that I would have loved to have done that module in like first year I wouldn't have been able to academically it's it's quite a, a challenging module to do but just so I could have like learned more about different artists that I just kind of I feel I kept myself in my box for way too long. I should have been a bit more open to different artists and things that I wasn't necessarily used to. Like I didn't know of them or I just wasn't familiar with them. Mm. I think that would have made like a massive difference. Um, but are yeah. you looking forward to hopefully doing specialized? Well, well, we'll see. It just I, I I've heard you had to have you have to have quite good like strong music theory for it. So I don't know if my music theory will be as strong enough. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll end up doing it or not. But um, I think I think it goes by your PIS grade, so your singing lesson grade, and then ensemble and vocal sectionals. I think that's the main thing. I think you have to get really high in those. Okay, well if the, if it's those, there I'll be. Fine. You're like I'm fine. <laughs> um, we'll see, like yeah, you know, there's so many like 
really technically brilliant singers as well in the in the year yeah. you know like so I don't know what I just don't know it depends on on kind of what what they who applies I suppose and what they're looking for I do like the idea of Taylor in the gig more do you know yeah as opposed to just... I think yeah it's it's a great way as well to put yourself out there just even having other people see your name now yeah. suddenly you have a poster in the building and someone will go oh that sounds cool and they might message you to do a gig for them at some point or they might come see you at your next next gig I made a lot of friends through the specialized I actually when I did my first two pop ones I had done loads of different myself and Keelan uh mostly uh we both did backing vocals for a load of the gigs I think in my second semester of third year I was on eight of them in the week so you, literally again, you were, you I was were on doing... eight specialized no yeah singing back oh vocals God. it was like one after the other I had like a suitcase with different clothes and I was like okay if I wear this top and these pants and then I can just put a shirt over that top for the next one so it looks different wow. um but I actually really enjoyed doing the back and vocals way more than I prefer like than my own gig wow I actually loved I think I love that feeling of um, like for Keelan's gig, I was with Christiana Underwood, uh, Underwood and Leah Ahern. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was myself, uh, Leah and Christiana. And we just became this like back and vocal, like trio kind of. Oh, my God. We just had the time of our life. We were coming up a choreo on stage and we were like literally like moving our hands, doing everything. And we were just doing it in sync. We were just feeling it like with yeah. vibing with each other. And it just made Keelan's gig so much fun. And like, it made it fun for her. It was fun for us. And like I said earlier, like it's just comfortable seeing someone having fun with you on stage just makes it like so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I did loads of them. So even just by doing that, you kind of get yourself out there and suddenly the next year, everyone's asking you to sing back and vocals and come on and do something for their for their gig or sing a lead for one of the songs a lot of the drummers and guitar players will get people to sing lead for their gigs um but I think I think those really opened a lot of doors to kind of be seen by different people I thought they were really really great very good and what was what do you think is the most valuable thing about doing the degree in CSM what was the biggest takeaway for you um I think like connections and not even in like necessarily an industry way but after fourth year I really really settled with who people I would love to work with in the future but are also some of my closest friends Mm. and I think that was one of the best things because I've loads of projects happening now that are going to be coming out in the next while that I don't think I can talk about right now um but I have a a few things coming up and none of that would have been possible finding it took the full four years and that's one thing as well if anyone is in the degree or going into the degree give it its time there's so many times where you'll want to drop out I've wanted to drop out many times. I nearly did. I'm hating it this semester. Oh, it's like... I'm loving it, but I'm hating it. Yeah, and that's like, that's just the thing. I remember when I got accepted into the the course, I actually withdrew my place. 
before it started <laughs> yeah yeah I withdrew I was gonna go do languages in UCC no way yeah I wasn't gonna do it at all and then my third choice was nursing in Watford so I could have been on a completely different path wow. um and it was actually Rocky uh rang and was like look it's kind of she's already accepted the place so withdrawing would be kind of a process she might be able to get accepted anywhere straight away you may as well just come to the open day, the orientation day and just yeah. see how things go. I came and there wasn't even a chance to chat anyone. They gave me my student card and that was just it. I was, <laughs> I was a student then. I was like, okay, I'm here. But I think like there's so many times when you'll want to drop out and you want to leave. But if you just stick with it, I did the modules that people go for the modules that they're like, oh, this is easy or this will get you a first. Go for the ones that you think are going to benefit your career yeah because I didn't do that at first and then got fourth year and I did songwriting I did the history and that opened me up to so many new artists that I could listen to and explore and even with songwriting it was a pop songwriting like course module but we studied musical theater because all the musical theater songwriters were so influential at the time for um pop music in like the 1930s and 40s and so most of the songs that I was shown in that songwriting class are actually in my master's performance now this year so it just completely opened me up to so many things I'd never known um yeah I think as well just taking as much as I could like learning as much as I could I learned about backing vocals I learned about charting vocals making arrangements for strings um, even the tech side, just being able to record yourself at home. I think I'm lucky that we did that in college because now that we have to do it at home, it's a lot easier. 100%. Like I was the same. Like, sure, I'm in my 30s now. Like, and for years, I always just left it up to someone else to record me. Do you know, yeah. I always had to rely on someone else. So, like, I always wanted to kind of learn to do it myself, but just, I don't know why. I was like, just, just couldn't do it. And then when I came to college, and there was the module, and I was like, this is amazing because now I, you know I mean I'm not like a professional sound engineer but like, yeah if I can record basic dem- demos and stuff like that it's just yeah I think for singers especially um I know for a long time I think I put myself in the box of being the singer do you know yeah. and as in not anything else yeah but, like I think it's really important for singers to like equip themselves and kind of be as self-sustainable as possible like being able to record yourself even if it's basic demos and stuff you know learn to play an accompanying instrument like yeah songwriting if you're into that side of things yeah I think that's it's very important I think I 100% agree 100% I think it's really easy especially when you start gigging and you're the like I was the lead singer of a few wedding bands over the course of being in college Mm -hmm. and in some of the bands you would feel that you arrive they're kind of like oh don't bother with setting up the gear you won't really you know you won't really understand just leave it it's fine we'll do it (laughs) so you just arrive you're like okay I'll go put my makeup on and put on my nice dress and then you come out you do the show and then you leave so it's really easy to start feeling like you're just a singer and then I went into a band and they were like yeah help the gear help bring in those now and put up the mic so I learned about like the desks and all that and that kind of helped me then at home with recording because I was like oh yeah I knew he he did it this way to try and get that right for my vocal and stuff so I think it's really easy to just end up thinking I'm just a singer and then try yeah. to like have another instrument so important I think yeah. I can't even 
say that I'm the best at accompanying myself, but as long as you can play a couple of chords, I think that's all you need, even for making demos. I was kind of doing them recently um, and I was sending them off and being like, oh, look, I don't know if these demos are okay. They're very rough. And they're like, these are actually like perfect. It's it's a great like idea of where things yeah. are going and it just kind of helps then for everything you want to do for the future. A hundred percent. Cause like even um like we're doing a bit of beat making and stuff this semester yes. with Carl. And um it's just so handy to like be able to like layer up different parts because mm. one thing I struggled with as a songwriter was having an idea for a song in my head and having a vision for how it would sound aesthetically, but not being able to translate that to my band because all I could play was like really basic chords on the piano. So all they could yeah. hear was my voice singing over piano. And all I could hear was like ballad or like it was yeah. like a piano song to them or do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah. like they couldn't hear it as what I wanted to hear it, but being able to like learn the basics of like building up tracks that way. Even yeah. Just really rough demo. You could at least aesthetically show, show a band. You can sell it better to a potential band members, which I think is yeah. so, so beneficial. Yeah, I think that's one thing. When we did the beat making, it was just the bane of my life at the time. I just had no interest and I found it so difficult. Uh, like Every day I'd be like going to my friend Marius and I'd be like, can you please help me do this? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I'd go into tutorial and I'd be like, Carl, it's half done. I attempted I couldn't get it and he'd be like okay and it'd be better that I attempted and didn't do it right than get someone else to do it properly and not learn but once we got into like second semester of fourth year we kind of had to do a little bit more with it and it was it was quite different and it was really interesting and I started getting into it then I was like why didn't I just do this before um it's actually such a like a valuable thing tool to be able to use and have um so it's one of those things that you can constantly be trying to learn and get better with 100% and I like I really I think a lot of it a lot of the time we just put off doing things we put off really investing in it because I think we're kind of afraid to fail you know I think we're like afraid to fail so we just don't we don't put our all into it but like once you actually put a bit of time and get over your ego yeah you're like this is this is so liberating it's like yeah it's really good to like be able to create in that way and yeah you're so you're a songwriter as well and I know you don't have any music released yet yes um, I know you did some work with, with were you in the band a thousand beasts or were you like sessioning with them or kind of how was that relationship working so thousand beasts is Keen Sweeney so he's like the producer and he collaborates with lots of different people so I did a collaboration with him in 2019 so nearly two years ago now and um I just sang on a track. I didn't actually write it or anything. He just asked me to to sing on a track. So that was great. And that's kind of where my relationship with him started. Mm-hmm. And then last year, just before the lockdown, literally just before, um, we started doing uh, live gigs. And I'm not like necessarily part of 1000 Beasts. We're more like session session musicians for yeah, the band. Like guest artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just one of the singers for his live gigs he has a couple of others um and had we been able to continue gigging I'm sure like the other girls would have would have done a few I think it was more just I was available at the time we did one it was the second of March so it was literally just like a week before the lockdown we went up to Lost Lane um but it's really cool and does he have any plans for 
for the releases or so he put out an EP um just a couple of months ago and it was just so good the collabs he gets they're just amazing a lot of them are upcoming Irish artists um like Lenny and things like that so absolutely fab and he's got a couple more songs coming out I'm pretty sure very soon he posted mm-hmm. something a little teaser I think on his Instagram recently so okay, uh, he's definitely one to go follow 1000 Beasts and um, yeah so he's just fab he's such a great producer to work with and hopefully I'll get to work with him again in the future. Have you done much like um, like kind of session work as a vocalist over the last few years I know you've been pretty immersed in college but like you know yeah. you might have been doing jobs in between. No, I actually was something I was really interested in. But I think when you're in the degree that we're in and I was teaching on the side as well. So that was my that was my job. And then I was gigging on top of it. You just don't have time to really think about other things when you're doing a wedding band gig and you're maybe doing two or three gigs a week and then teaching on the days off and college just absolutely consumes your life. It really did. And I think it wasn't until I started to realize it didn't need to. It was able to be a lot less intense. I was just making it too intense. Yeah. What would you say to to, to like someone who would say that like the pop degrees is not a real degree? Um, I just, I don't know where that idea would come from. I get that people have this idea that a classical degree is legit. It's real. It's something that's been around for decades so it must be better but in the pop degree we learn all about music theory you learn everything you can you have to be completely competent in your instrument you have to know and that's we do especially as a vocalist we learn so much about vocal health and the even just the function behind why your voice does what it does Um, and then you learn other instruments so And then you do all these just different modules that like you can take classical modules if you want. And some people do, but people still say, oh, it's still not a degree, though, a real one. But I don't know. It's a four year BA and it's now a university. So I know I think I think hopefully like people just have this mindset that an IT isn't as good as a university. And I don't get that either. Yeah. Um, And it's just kind of. I think we kind of picked the worst thing really to get a BA and an IT because apparently that's just not a qualification. But it's a university now. so it's all- But it's university now. So, I'm but really- I don't know. I just think, I think if people say that, like the proof is just in the graduates that come out of it and how well people are doing who leave. Yeah. And most people who I know who leave, they do get to do something within music. So it's not... A dead end degree which is what I, I think people don't even necessarily think it's not a degree I think they more think it's a dead end degree because people think music isn't a, isn't a career mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the main issues but seeing the amount of people come out of it and they get teaching jobs and they love it or they're session singers or session musicians they're gigging well when we can gig yeah. for five days a week and they're making original bands and original music it's it's hard to say that it's not uh, like a career and it's not a degree that helps get you there, do you know? What? So you, you mentioned you did the songwriting module in fourth yes. year, I think it was. And I know that you are a songwriter. So 
tell us what your plans for the future are and like how long have you been songwriting was college kind of the first introduction to songwriting or had you been writing a longer time uh so I actually started writing when I was about 15 it was, that was kind of when I started playing the piano I had been taking classical lessons and doing all the grades and I mm-hmm. just got to a point I had a great teacher Jean Upton from Waterford and she was fabulous but I just didn't like classical and I didn't want to do the grades anymore so she started showing me how to pop like play pop music and was teaching me how to read the sheet music so that I could play Mm. and it was fab I absolutely loved it and that kind of gave me the tools to even just be able to play four chords and do different inversions and play a song and support myself while I was doing it and um, I started writing then I, I wrote one song that I like I wrote loads but there was one that I really liked and I recorded it and at, it was at the time when you would just upload everything to SoundCloud like oh, you yeah. would just put everything up there that, yeah. and I I have like 40 covers up on SoundCloud like they're so bad this oh, is no. like back <laughs> really like my voice my voice is like really squeaky and high and there's no control at all I thought I was amazing yeah I would then post the SoundCloud link onto Twitter and it would get like a hundred likes and like a couple of retweets. And I would be like, oh, I'm so I'm good. <laughs> and then I listened back to them when I was in college and I was like, how are these still on the internet? Why have I left these here? I'm sure. I don't know how to get back into those accounts. So I, they're there forever. And yeah. they're just, <laughs> they'll stay where they are. YouTube, my old YouTube account, actually. I don't like, you know, when everyone changed to Gmail and Google happened yeah. and all of that, like, I lost I think I had a, a hotmail account to sign yeah, into it I just I couldn't get back into it <laughs> yeah I was <laughs> so exact same forever yeah um but I put up one of my originals it was called breaking and it was about a breakup that I don't even think I I don't even think I had a breakup like I I think it was I fancied a boy and he didn't like me back um <laughs> and I was like proper the words were so devastating but they also made no sense like the words where you came and went you left so fast and I was like what where, where was he and why did you leave like but um I ended up getting asked to play at there was um in the boys school they were doing a big thing um and it was the cycle um for suicide that was going on so it was to raise money for to raise awareness as well mm-hmm. and they asked a few people to to perform at it and so I actually sang my original then and that was my first experience I was 15 so that was my first experience of like playing an original there was all my class a load of people from my school were there all the boys school was there so it was like it was quite a big deal I'd say there was about 300 people in like the study hall and it was really really I think that made I took a turn in my head for I wasn't just into musical theater anymore I started kind of veering Mm. towards that and I actually started gigging around Waterford um I was like 16 17 way too young to be in the pubs and (laughs) they would do um they would do open mics and there was a place called the thirsty scholar and you'd book yourself in for a 15 minute slot Mm -hmm. and so I did that on it was called thirsty Thursdays and so I'd go in and all these like bands who are just you know starting out we were all kind of the same age 16 17 they'd come in and they'd be playing for ages these big like rock songs and we were all young so they were quite messy and they weren't great and then I'd go up with my little piano and start playing all these like really sad songs <laughs> and at first like people were like oh should you really be doing that should you try to do something a bit more upbeat but 
looking around and like everyone was actually listening like the bar would go silent and that was kind of my first experience of I want this feeling forever I want this feeling of everyone actually listening to me and hearing what I what I have to say and I think that's kind of where instead of going to a musical theater college I decided to kind of go towards the pop degree yeah that's really Um, interesting because I was wondering kind of what what made you do pop as opposed to musical theater yeah managed to kind of intertwine yeah I managed to make them both and even with my master's I was kind of I'm doing the the master's in performance and uh, specializing in both in the voice but most people it's on the pop stream so most people are doing pop gigs rock gigs that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and I was like can I specialize in musical theater like can I please so I'm doing an MA in performance specializing in musical theater singing wow okay um I think I've made I think I made that name up like I don't even think it's real I think (laughs) I think I've made it up but that's what my MA is and um (laughs) and so for my three performances like my first one um is going to be the golden era so it's pre-1960 musical theater so it was just something really interesting something I'd never looked at before completely out of my comfort zone and then my next one will be uh, 1960 to kind of 1990 and then my last one is going to be contemporary modern musical theater so for me picking something so interesting for my MA like it's not just three musical theater concerts or three pop concerts I'm getting to actually like figure out everything I need to know about musical theater that I never knew before and hopefully take all of this information with me over to London <laughs> that's is kind that of the you want to go yeah you want to go to like West End yeah so I'm kind of I've kept my options quite open with regards to pop music and musical theater and even teaching so just even getting the teaching experience that I've been doing for the past three years um, in Centre Stage School Mallow and I've been privately teaching since I was 15 um, guitar, ukulele and voice so just having that if I go over to London at least I could still teach and kind of support myself that way and maybe go to auditions also maybe meet producers and put out some original music because I, I know that's where we started there a few minutes ago I'm so bad for going off on tangents no, <laughs> I was going to bring it back I was going to bring it back yeah. I want to hear I want to hear like what your plans are for your own original music yeah because um, I know yeah I, I think you had meant oh you said it, it was in your bio that you yeah were hoping to release a single during the year yeah so last year during this like the first lockdown it was second semester fourth year for me and having to move online for my final semester should have been a really stressful thing it actually worked out so well for me I got to move home and have actual like place to like have some quiet but it also brought me back to where everything started and I was able to kind of reconnect with who I was and that really helped me start writing music again I would kind of been struggling to mm. I'd written a few songs in college but I'd started to really struggle with inspiration and kind of focusing my thoughts and I wrote a couple of songs in that semester and I got to work really closely with my lecturer Chris Ahern oh yeah um he's fab absolutely love he's him so lovely as well I, I know he's so kind and um we got to he's the first person that I actually let tear my songs apart and help me put them back together I was was so I was so protective of all my originals like Mm, my since I started writing them 
I would never if someone was like you should maybe change that word change that line I literally would start crying and then I'd never play the song again I was so I could not take the criticism Yeah, yeah I couldn't take it at all and with Chris even first semester I couldn't let him criticize me I just couldn't and I think being home and even it just being online, I felt less vulnerable, I think. And I was able to, the class was smaller because there was only like ever two people would ever go to the class for some reason. And it was me and one other guy and he was so kind as well. So we were able to really tear the songs apart. And he was like, why have you said that line? Or why did you say that word? And wouldn't it make more sense to say this? And what if you took out that line of the bridge and had an uneven like bar because the word is adding too much and it's in the wrong place and hearing that you're like oh my god my song's bad he hates it it's terrible but I actually was like okay no I'm gonna just take what he says try it and if I don't like it I don't have to go with it but at least I've tried it and a lot of the stuff he said I actually really agreed with and it kind of helped me really focus so I think for one of our projects for that module we to make an EPK so an electronic mm, press kit brilliant. and so, we so had to make to have that. yeah so we had to make a fake EP release and a fake website and everything for it and just making the fake EP I was like this could actually be a real one this yeah. is actually I wouldn't mind putting this out to the world and I made cover art for all the singles and I made the EP cover. I had the back, I had like the track list and I had the press release for the different songs and I had a a fake calendar of gigs that were going to be happening and everything. And I was like, this is literally, I could do this. So we had to do the same kind of thing again for um, professional studies. It's Chris again, um, this, this term in my master's and this time with the EPK and with the website I was like I'm gonna make this as if it's I'm gonna put this out there right now and I revisited all the songs and I'm really happy with them so I've got five songs and the EP I don't know I feel like I don't know if I should say what it's called just in case it doesn't come out for ages or I just back out of it or something like yeah you can keep it a secret but it's basically say it and then then you have to do it then I have to do it. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm going to hold myself a bit of accountability there. But yeah, so I suppose like the EP, this is all a made up thing that has kind of became real. But it was called Tears of a Fool. And so I have this picture and I had like glitter. I did a photo shoot with my friend. She's um, a photographer and she was just wanting to do a shoot. And we put glitter tears like coming down my face. And I kind of I was like kind of like tears of a clown tears of a fool kind of kind of a thing and I was like that's kind of cool kind of took that and then the songs it's like a person's journey from like a breakup or something happening and as you move to this big ending and the last song is called moving on and it's like the journey and even for me like obviously it is my journey it's something that I went through and each song it carries like its own color or it carries its own every song stands on its own and for me to put that out there I would have felt really vulnerable before but I think now it's like time to leave those songs go and even moving on it's like I'm it's time for me to move on from that put that out there so I can move on to the next thing because otherwise if I don't do it 
I'll be sitting on them for another five years and then the time will pass and I won't be able to ever put them out there do you know what I would I would say just do it because yeah <laughs> you even if you hate the songs after you release them you learn yeah. so much from just putting them yeah. out in the world and you'll have such a you'll have much clearer vision of what you want your next exactly one yeah exactly um but yeah I just it has like all the different elements that I think make up like who I am and so it has the kind of the pop kind of fun stuff and then it kind of has the bit more putting everything out there like vulnerability that I suppose is one thing and it kind of delves into topics even like anxiety and things like that which is something that I've really struggled with for a lot of my life so Mm -hmm. I think actually going ahead and putting out this EP it's going to help me in ways that I probably wouldn't have been able to do it two years ago but now I feel like I'm in a position that putting this out there and feeling other people judging me it's not going to be so so harsh I remember you sent that um survey the other day and I was filling it out and I actually like have been thinking about it ever since like I've been thinking about it a lot because it's just um like I would think I'm kind of half and half introvert extrovert I wouldn't think I'm completely one or the other but filling it out and being like it I think as a musician and as a performer and a singer often you don't have a piano or a guitar to hide behind it's just you standing out front and center and you kind of have to work the crowd and that can be really really um like stressful and I it definitely caused me a lot of anxiety when I was um gigging I actually stopped gigging just before this whole pandemic happened I actually didn't want to do it anymore my voice was going every single weekend so I couldn't sing during the week for college and then just having to like I would be downing a pint of hot water before every single gig to try get through it and like taking breaks in the middle just to try get it back somewhere and so I kind of went on a no gigging voice rest kind of thing just to get through my final year and I think just doing that actually gave me such an insight into what was actually wrong with my voice and it was actually more stress induced than anything and I think that's such a common thing that we don't talk about as singers that our voice is our instrument and being stressed or not getting enough sleep or not getting enough water really really does have such an effect on you and I did that vocal health first aid course in January and it was so interesting to find out because I see a lot of my bad technique that I would have had before in students and now I can see it and go no okay let's let's change this because I did it and it's not good for you and it's going to end up causing issues down the line but actually hearing someone tell you this is a better way to go about it or validating my thoughts on like not getting sleep or stress actually causing this because you know a lot of the time like you'll go to the doctor and they're like it's just made up in your head you're fine um and I was getting chest infections all the time and I just couldn't sing anymore and when you're a singer and you can't sing it just uh, there's no words for how you feel you just feel absolutely useless yeah that's such a good word I was going to say devastated but I think useless. yeah like better word yeah like your job gigging college teaching singing like even teaching was hurting my voice just singing the couple of bits in class was actually hurting 
And when that happens, you just, you feel devastated. You feel useless. You just, that's kind of another point where I was like, okay, well, clearly this isn't going to work out. How am I going to be a professional singer or professional performer if I can't even keep my voice when I'm in college? How am I supposed to continue this as a career? Um, But just getting in touch with everything and that course really, really helped to kind of solidify any thoughts I have and help me further with what I need to do to kind of maintain it and identify when there's an actual issue or when it's just tired or things like that so it it was incredible I really really enjoyed it yeah I'm gonna do it myself but I'm gonna wait till summer just when I have a bit more time because I just finished I recommend you do yeah yeah because I I just finished the um vocology and practice pathway which is lovely I've been doing for the last six months um and like, I mean, it's been fine for the most part, but I just want to just, I just want to focus on college for the next couple of yeah. months, try and get through, get through it before I. Yeah, I think that was one thing about it is that I just saw it one day and I was like, oh, I'll sign up for this, not realizing how intense it was going to be. You have 30 days to complete it. Now there's only about nine hours of videos, but you're pausing the video to write stuff down because you don't want to miss anything. And then suddenly that 20 minute video has taken you an hour and a half to watch because you're literally there writing everything down. You're taking it all in as well and thinking about it. And and thinking and having to like draw your own little lines off of it and say, Oh, this, this, because you're, you're getting ideas from it yourself. And so I did it at a time when I probably shouldn't have, Uh, I was quite busy, but I'm glad I did it then and not, now if I would definitely wait until you have a bit more time but it was I think every singing teacher every vocal coach even just singers in general anyone who uses their voice should definitely do it yeah 100% I think it's brilliant (laughs) that they're offering it because yeah yeah there's I mean there's plenty of really good singing teachers out there that don't know anything about it about that side of things but I think yeah like everyone should know should have a base foundation of kind of diagnosis and a little bit yeah health and that kind of thing so but I'm just looking at the time and I and I just remembered <laughs> as you were talking that you have an essay to finish. And yes, I, I do. <laughs> I all night, but I don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, so what we have to look forward to is your your EP that you're going to release this year. Hopefully we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I am thinking of doing the same thing. I'm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, amazing. Yeah, but I don't think I'm going to do an EP. I think I'm just going to release one song, like a single. See, that's kind of I think I'm going to release a single to test the waters yeah and if it goes well like January 2022 I think is when that's kind of my goal I'm like if I'm gonna do it that's when it's gonna happen yeah I think it's I think it's a good thing to do and like I know a lot of the stuff I've been reading lately about releases it seems that like the whole album thing is not really doesn't really work anymore people don't really listen to albums because of Spotify they're listening to more like playlists and yeah you know so maybe singles is the way to go and it's I think so yeah a hundred percent yeah I would love to like do this for you I want to ask you all these questions (laughs) what do you want to know (laughs) oh Oh, god maybe some maybe sometime (laughs) yeah cool but I'll stop recording here now